I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bank Headlines for Wednesday. The favorites to win the NBA title, Brooklyn Nets still win as underdogs against Zion. The number two favorites and the favorites out west, the Lakers, get A.D. back expected next game. Mac Jones is back, back as the favorite to be the number three pick from San Francisco. He's now minus 150. Justin Fields is the second favorite. Tonight, Golden State at Washington, all eyes on Steph Curry. Will his amazing shooting streak continue? Over under for points for Steph, 36 and a half. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations. Across this great, great nation in studio, Steve Fezzik. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Now, we're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got odds atop the NFL draft that are moving, we've also got some news and notes from the National Basketball Association. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Let's start with the NBA title favor, the not New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets. Fez has a real take on this one, and I was going to start there anyway, so I think it's the Vegas lead. Yeah, it was the Brooklyn Nets last night with a win over the New Orleans Pelicans. 134-129 was the final. Kyrie Irving, 32 points to lead Brooklyn. We had a nice pizza bet on that one. And uh, I thought them getting points there didn't make a ton of sense because we know Kyrie and and the motivation. Fez, you're going to lead the show. What is your take? And just to be clear, the favorites right now to win the title, Nets plus 240. Lakers, number two, three and a half to one. Clippers, number three, six to one. Jazz, seven and a half to one. Milwaukee, nine to one. Sixers, 11 to one. No one else is better than 20 to one. So that's Nets, Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Bucks, Sixers. What's your hot take? I am shocked that the Nets' odds to win the NBA title and to win the East did not change based upon the news that Harden is going to be out likely until the playoffs. Okay, so the adjustment here, if we look at uh, even a couple days ago, uh, 240, 240, so there's been no movement. No movement. Okay, so let's play devil's advocate. What we know is the NBA regular season, in some ways, is not consequential. We could say it doesn't matter. Now, obviously, you've got to be in the top eight or in the top six to have the guarantee, then the potential play-in, all that. So it matters. But if you're amongst the best teams, it doesn't seem to matter all that much. We saw Brooklyn tell us that with their actions when they had that really uh, important game seemingly against Philadelphia last week. And it was a situation where they had a 
day game the day before that had been postponed from the night before that in Denver, was it? Minnesota. Minnesota. And they played, at the time, a healthy KD. And then they sat him the next day, which was against the Sixers, not against the T-Wolves. All right. Didn't make a ton of sense. And that was at a time the Nets and the Sixers were both tied atop the East, and their series price was tied. So, you know, 1-1. Not the price, but the, I, I guess the uh, tally. 1-1 for the series. And thus, whoever won that game had a big edge to win the East. Ned said, I don't care. So now, if we assume that the regular season doesn't matter all that much, what has happened with the Nets that affects the playoffs? That's the devil, devil's advocate question, which is, yeah, you're right. He's going to miss some regular season games. What does it matter? Well, I think it matters two factors. One, if Hard, even if Harden's 100% for the playoffs, the integration... All right, so let's be clear. What you're saying is potentially lingering injury issues. Ex- he's not going to get, in theory, he's not going to get better the day before the playoffs start. Exactly. So that's the first concern. Okay. The second concern is integration with the team. The big three have only played seven games together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're going to blink and they're going to be in the second round of the playoffs and they're going to be playing Milwaukee likely. Has the team had enough time to gel? No. And the funny thing about playing Milwaukee is they could have avoided that if they won the East, if they had the number one seed. The, I, it's my theory that the number one seed matters more this year than most years. Why? Because the difference between the fourth seed and the third seed in the East, third being most likely Milwaukee, fourth being who knows, mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Atlanta, I guess Miami's still in it. Sure. Or, okay. But we know Milwaukee's much better than the next best team in the East, other than the Nets and the Sixers. So if you got to play in the second round, pick the best of the also-rans in the East, or Milwaukee with Giannis on a mission. Now listen, obviously Giannis and that team hasn't done well in the playoffs. Still, I mean, there's a reason right now the Bucks have a better title odds, 9-1, to than the Sixers at 11-1. to I don't agree with that. But why in the heck are you going to be playing that team in round two if you can avoid it? And then that's, I get, sometimes you can't avoid it, but they don't even seem, at least in that Sixers game, to have tried. Steve Fezzik says the following. Hey, if he's injured now, maybe he's not going to be fully recovered for the playoffs, Harden specifically. You can make the same case with KD. To whatever degree we were sure about KD's health when he was missing those games, and it was like, it's precautionary precautionary. It's a precaution. All right. Well, he comes back and he gets a knee in the thigh or whatever, and he's out for, it seems like, another week. <laughs> I mean, don't hit his leg with one of those in the airport with one of the rollings, <laughs> like luggage, or I mean, it could be a week, too. <laughs> I mean, think about that, that the uncertainty around the health of the Nets for the playoffs has two negatives we didn't even have two weeks ago. KD with another round seemingly of fragileness, and now Harden going from maybe missing a game to missing, what was it, 15 or so day or like two weeks or so it was, and now it's even more. How shocked would we be? You know, he's not going to make the first round. How shocked would we be? Not at all. 
I think we're going to go to Jonas here. I think there's one more thing that's kind of a cousin of what you're saying that means the Nets need to be downgraded. To whatever degree they may not be healthy coming into the playoffs, to whatever degree they might not be uh, integrated well as team with only seven games with all three of the big three, I also think the odds of the next injury go up. If har- hamstrings happen, I mean, you know, someone pulls a hammy, they're being ginger with it for a while, and then boom, they pull it again, right? Yes. I mean, Harden's been a rock, really, injury-wise, over his career. Him being out here makes the guy that you can count on, at least physically, not so reliable. And obviously, KD is, is like China, like your mom is China right now. I don't think the Nets have much of a chance to win it without the big three. Even one absence, I think, is a problem. And it seems to me, whatever odds we thought it was that the big three would be healthy throughout the playoffs two weeks ago, that perspective, the odds have decreased significantly in these two weeks. To me, that deserves a downgrade for the Nets, but they haven't been downgraded. They are the favorite still to win the NBA title. Lakers number two. Jonas Knox, thoughts? Yeah, well, we talked about it yesterday, which, or um, in, in the past couple of days, which member of the big three, if they were to lose, could they afford to lose the most? And I think we both agreed it would be Kyrie Irving, that if they lost Kyrie Irving, you think they'd have a better chance with the other two. Let's get Fez's thoughts. So, in your points of value, for the players, who has the least value on the Nets amongst the big three? Oh, clearly Kyrie. I only have him worth two points. Okay, so we're in agreement there. Go ahead, John. So for me, I wasn't so concerned about – I knew they were nursing some injuries and things like that, and they were trying to get ready for the postseason. The stuff about Harden yesterday and just hearing Steve Nash talk about it could be the postseason, it could be before the postseason, and to your point, hamstring, that could flare up again. We saw happened. I think it was Chris Paul that suffered the hamstring injury in their series against the Warriors when he was a member of the Rockets. Ironically, teammates with James Harden, and they ended up losing that Game 7. This feels a little more problematic than just what we've had concerns about before when it comes to Brooklyn. Thus, I think some people are starting to pull away from from being so bold with them uh, going on and winning the Eastern Conference. But not the betting market. The betting market right now has the Nets not only still the favorite, but they haven't moved one iota. In fact, if you go back to April 19th, the odds were plus 250. Now, not that many days later, plus 240. If anything, the odds have gotten better. And the low point, the best point they were all season was plus 225 the week before. So you can make the case, oh, it's adjusted a smidgy down since tax day. But boy, oh boy, it's in that tight band, and it's up compared to a couple days ago. I don't get it. And if you're better, if you're a gambler, what are you doing? You're trying to price uncertainty. We don't know if Harden's going to play or not the first game of the playoffs, the last game of the playoffs. The question is, how much uncertainty is there in that? That number has gone, that percentage has gone up. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And we also don't know how many games the Nets are going to need to be a cohesive unit. We know that famously, the Miami Heat, the big three originally with LeBron, started that season really slow. It's a great point. I think they were at 500 like 20 games in, right? 
Yeah, I think in that range. And now what we uh, profile is how good the Nets have been with the big three. Uh, it's six, they lost the first game, if I recall. And Mackenzie, correct me if I'm wrong, they won six straight after that, right? That's right. So it looked good, but that's been multiple months ago, at least by the time the playoffs are going to start. So there's uncertainty with that. And you got to say there's more uncertainty with KD. And, you know, his injury, you know, his fragileness. There's a concept in business, it's called being anti fragile. It means that you can handle a setback, handle this. Nets are fragile, it seems. Now, they got a fairly deep team if it comes to role players, but no way. Now, what's fascinating is we did a little study. I haven't seen your perspective, Steve Fezzik. Who would be the best team in the NBA if you took the second best player off the team? So everyone lost their second best player. Because my point was the Nets are shockingly deep with great players, meaning I would make the case maybe the Nets, without their second-best player, are far and away the best team if everyone lost it. Just to show you, yeah, they got depth, but against everyone's full squad, they lose one of their big three. They're in trouble, and obviously Harden isn't even the least valuable. Who did you have when we did that little exercise as the best team if every team lost their number two uh, player? I did have Utah number one. It was close. Utah? Whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me, this is interesting. You're telling me Utah, do you have Utah over the Nets right now? Yes. Well, that's because. What world are you in? No, no, that's not, but. Oh, no, no, wait, wait. I say no, and your answer is no, no, no. Well, my ratings have been evaluated without Harden right now. So with Harden, the Nets would be the best team, yes. Well, yeah, you can't take off. You can't take off both Harden and another player. (laughs) Sure. I I mean, so, or we can just say Harden's the second best, because, I mean, there's some subjectivity. So imagine Lakers don't have, I don't know, we can pick AD or whatever. Does that resonate with you, Jonas, if we said take off one of the top two players? On every team, who's the best team? The Nets with those big two? I mean, who's the. Let's think of it like this. If Kyrie's the third best player on the Nets, who's the best third best player on any other team, Jonas? The jumps um, out of you. Oh, geez. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, it's going by, down the list. Yeah, he's by far and away the best. Just, yeah, I'm trying to even think who would be in the conversation. Yeah. Thinking Aiden to Phoenix, Kemba Walker at Boston. I mean, it's not Kemba Walker's the best. not even. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's maybe levels three years above. Ago. He's levels above the third best player on any other team. Like, in fact, I would argue he would be first or second on every other team in the NBA if not for Brooklyn. Wait, you're saying Kyrie would be the yeah. in first the top or two on every on other any, team in the league? Well, the Lakers, he wouldn't be taught to. Clippers, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but you know some of this is subjective. But the fact that no third is close, I think, is objectively true to Kyrie and the Nets. But here's the thing to wrap up: if they have the big three, if you knew for sure that every team was going to be healthy the whole playoffs, Steve, you're comfortable with the Nets being favored, right? Love the Nets plus the two forty, absolutely. But. You're saying the uncertainty has gone up, 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 and it's not being priced in. And you're going to have a best bet related to this at the end of the show. It's a little bit before 650. You're going to do better than 50-50. Yes. You get it? 650? Yeah. When we come back, we're going to go to the NFL. 
And the odds have changed on Mac Jones. Colin did a big, yeah, I think it is Mac Jones. The odds agree. We'll break it down. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get into some changing odds atop the NFL draft. And for the first time, we've got odds on the number four pick. They've just been released. Great day to join us. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to work extra hard to keep delivering for you. Even Fez is going to work. <laughs> I mean, that's fair to say, right, Fez? Very fair. I mean, you're on record as saying you've paid all the dues you're going to pay. Uh, it's documented. But but that doesn't mean you're not working hard to deliver. <laughs> you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 79 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, one of the big question marks atop the NFL draft is what the 49ers do at number three with the pick they acquired from the Miami Dolphins in that trade a month and, a month or so ago. And now the odds have moved back to from one quarterback in Justin Fields to now another who is favored yet again to go number three. Yeah, this one is interesting because it goes to show you, and Jonas, you've talked about this, as an observer of odds, it felt like that the swing in the odds for the draft has been kind of um, capricious. It's been like kind of willy-nilly. It's like, oh, look, so-and-so's pro day is today. Let's make him a, a, the surging favorite. Mm. It, it, it felt thin. Like what's been driving the odds, has it's felt thin. It hasn't felt like merit has been behind the moves. Has that been your impression, Jonas? Yeah, because we talked about one of the draft day moves that we were on the air for right after it had happened was the Baker Mayfield going uh, from not being favored to go number one overall to being the favorite to go number one overall. And that was based on real evidence. Like we that saw was that. Game, as, that was draft day. Right. Yeah. And this doesn't feel anything like that. This just feels like, you know, one subtle shift here, one subtle shift there. And it was like the last seen report on whichever one of these quarterbacks is even in the mixed, bumps them up in the odds. Well, let's look at the calendar. It, <laughs> it, it was certainly a little, um, we'll say clownish even, but like literally a week ago, a week ago, Mac Jones was the clear favorite to be the third pick of the 49ers, third pick in the entire draft, and he was in the minus 200 range. So you had to bet $2 to win a dollar on Mac Jones, a clear favorite, right around 66%. Then Justin Fields has a pro day. So everyone starts thinking, huh, maybe it's Justin Fields. And then <laughs> the odds went where Justin Fields became a minus 200 favorite, and Mac Jones was like plus 180. So, like, one minute you're having to lay two to win one on Mac Jones, oh, like four days later, one wins you almost two, plus 180. Now, okay. Something comes out in the athletic, whatever else, blah, blah, blah. And now Mac Jones is again the favorite 
at minus 145. Justin Fields plus 160. Trey Lance, 4 to 1. Now, I'm not saying this is the driver of it, Jonas, but I did give a pick on Mac Jones. <laughs> and at the opportune time, well, we were plus 150, right, McKenzie? That's right. But see, this is the one time you're actually getting in at a good price. See, like follow me. <laughs> Not like my Embiid bet. No, no. this Embiid. is buying low, Mackenzie. Yeah. That's what mm. you want to do. You know what's funny? Did you hear the show yesterday? When <laughs> yeah. He couldn't follow what I was asking him. <laughs> well, he's so embarrassed at the and price that, he got. Uh, yeah, that's a good. I mean, it was like, I mean, literally, he waited the whole year. If he had, you know, like in Back to the Future, where you have the almanac. If he had the almanac of the day by day move of the MVP market <laughs> in 2021. He would have said, that's the point. If, <laughs> if we want people to think I'm square, maybe it's camouflage. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, like in blackjack, people will make bad plays. So the how, you know, you know this, Fez, because you're, you're, you used to play professionally. So the house would say, oh, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. He just did something, right? McKenzie said, I'm buying Embiid at the worst possible time. And he got hurt, I think it was, what, four hours later? <laughs> I think it was like 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mackenzie Rivers. I don't want to say pregame.com, but I got to. <laughs> I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. All right. So, Faz, I mean, let's not belabor this point. I think the odd swing is interesting. I think the fact, and Jonas brings it up, I think, very astutely, we're not betting rumors. We're not betting news stories. We're betting who an individual team is going to take. And the question is, why would the 49ers say it's Mac Jones if it wasn't Mac Jones? And I don't think they had any reason to. In fact, a couple days ago, we talked about the reasons they had to get the word out. And the main reason being, at least at the time they thought to take him, it was going to be controversial. And thus, as we talked about, if you get that, that controversial thing out there early— People get worked up about it, and then they kind of forget about it. And then a couple weeks later, when it happens, they're going to be like, ah, we've already gotten mad at that. What are we going to do? That's right. I heard about that a couple weeks ago. Right, yeah. So there is that phenomenon that I think seeds the ground for the 49ers to make this pick. I also think it was a situation to let it get out there through Schefter specifically, was to give Mac Jones a sense that you've been our guy from the start. Give him confidence. And also, I thought it was potentially see how he does in the spotlight. Because you can always uh, pull back and make another decision. Because what Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, reports is there's a number of key scouts in the building that do like Trey Lance. So it's Kyle Shanahan's exclusive. He has total control of the pick, is my understanding, as reported. But he wants to give a sense of inclusiveness to the rest of the scouts. Hey, you really like Trey Lance? Okay, we're going to send, uh, put a quarterback coach back on him. We're going to go out to the second uh, you know, pro day. And then when they end up picking, as I think they will, Mac Jones, there's going to be a sense that you were heard. If you like Trey Lance, you were heard. Okay, Jonas, question. On the herd today, Colin made, I thought, a really good point that – the Athletic had an article about the quarterbacks and some, uh, I guess, anonymous uh, quotes of the various quarterbacks. And the real reoccurring theme with Mac Jones was he's ready sooner. That amongst everyone that will be available at three, he's by far going to be ready before Justin Fields, before Trey Lance. That makes a ton of sense to me. 
I'm not sure that's the main reason, but what's your take on the, the whole factor of who's going to be ready first? Because I would make the case the 49ers with Jimmy G had the potential to have a guy take half a season or even a season if he had much more of an upside. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, I mean, we heard the same thing about Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was the most yeah. ready quarterback of that entire draft class, and we've seen how that's worked out, and he's just never really gotten an opportunity. The 49ers, Wow, he got an opportunity in Arizona <laughs> to stink. Well, yeah, but I mean, the way that was run, he didn't really get a, a fair crack. That that whole thing was a oh, disaster. The, the O-line was really problematic that year. I, yeah, I, and, and his coach, just the decision to put him in when they put it, it was just, it was bizarre. But nonetheless, I mean, he was talked about as the guy who was pro-ready that was the most pro-ready quarterback of that draft class so I look at the 49ers I think of all the places near the top they're by far and away the best destination to go if you're a young quarterback especially a young quarterback that you think needs some time to groom because you do have Garoppolo under contract and you do have him for another year so the idea that you want to rush and get Mac Jones in there unless he's a significant upgrade over Garoppolo that's where it, it doesn't make sense to me. Mackenzie, check on Jimmy G's contract. I thought he had two years left. Can you check on that? Yes. I just, you know, I'm not even sure how pertinent it is, but but I, I well, I'll, we'll see. That's interesting. But you're a minimum. They got him this year. Yeah, they have him for another couple of years, but they yeah. can get out of the contract. I think after this year, and, and I, I don't think it'll cost. Yeah, with them the 1.4 million dead cap hit, so yeah. two years. But yeah. but if they, but one. you but but usually with a contract, and this has nothing to do with Jonas's comment, but the theory is the team wants the contract, so the the more he's under contract, the better. But then if the contract's longer, to get out of it sometimes can because if you defer. Uh, bonuses and stuff, there can be dead cap money. But the way they front-loaded his contract was from this point on, they could get away from him without any real consequence. Is that fair to say? Exactly right. But they have two years if they want it. Yeah. Okay, we're straight out of Vegas. Um, that Josh Rosen, I would say this. Miami traded for him. Everyone respects that organization. And they and what did they give, a number two for him? I yeah, think they second did. Round pick. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a big pick. I mean, that's what they got for Jimmy G, the, the Patriots. That's what probably they're going to get for him now. And remember, Sam Darnold couldn't get a number two, right? It was a three and a four and a seven, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it was next year for the three and four, I think. So what I'm saying is, Josh Rosen had a lot of value at the point. Yes. Even after that Arizona year, Miami came in and said, oh, we'll let you go. I think he's actually on the 49ers practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But um, getting back to Mac Jones, the thing I don't understand is who knows how to grade a quarterback? Like, like we look at arm strength, and it's like, well, he's kind of like a Brady. And it's like, well, how do we do? Do we have any real sense of how strong, like effective strong? I know we can look and say, well, he wings, you know, like Jamarcus Russell really had a strong arm. But all the talk show guys, it feels like that oh, there's these critiques about, well, he's got the lowest ceiling, but um, he's got the best basement. It's how do they even have any idea? Like premise number one on Straight Out of Vegas, we have no freaking idea. And, you know, if we think we do, Fez, I always challenge you. See if you can volunteer for the Raiders as a scout. Say, hey, I'm on national radio. I won the Super Contest twice, and I, I literally will pay for my own pencils and paper. Could I scout for you? 
What do you think they're going to say? Yeah, no, no, thank you. And you bring up a great point. Hey, you can throw the ball really hard. Well, it's not like a jugs gun in MLB where you can say this guy throws 94, I don't, see, right? I don't even know, though. What I'm saying is some people – here's what I know. A couple mm, – a month ago when the Matt Jones talk started, people were like saying they were going to pick – a guy who should have been a seventh round pick. It was like people were like, I can't believe I, I thought maybe first round. I mean, that's what you heard, right? <laughs> right? And then what's fascinating, and the guys from PFF, the podcast said this, that what happens is all these scouts will do the one pass through, and then right about a month ago is when they do their second pass through the tape. So they're looking a second time at the key players and they're going through every game, and that's when the nuances start to come up. And if you notice, the Mac Jones conversation has gotten better and better at the time the scouts have gone through the tape you know, across the league a second time, and they're saying, oh, look what he did there. Look what he did there. And you get a guy like Lombardi saying his processing speed is better than most any quarterback in the NFL. Like That's always the question. Haskins, a good example. Can they throw before the receiver's open? Can they get through the progressions quicker? And they're saying that Mac Jones, that ability is stronger than most NFL quarterbacks right now. Now, I'm going by what an expert's saying. I don't know. But how do we judge arm strength versus progression speed versus the other factors? And then everyone's talking about how bad of a quarterback or athlete Mac Jones is. What did he end up doing? He ran a, a, a four, like a 4-6-2 or something? Four seven. Something like yeah, something like that. Yeah, right in the four seven range. And then he had a faster forty time than who? Than Daniel Jones and Patrick Mahomes to name two. Patrick Mahomes, no one said is he's a bad athlete, right? <laughs> so he Mac Jones is faster than Patrick Mahomes. That's hard to believe, but isn't it? Everyone's talking now once he gets rid of the beer belly, what's gonna happen? <laughs> So, listen, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting. For, I'm a contrarian, so I'm kind of rooting the other way, meaning I want Mac Jones to do well. But all the – I can tell you this. <laughs> when you're in Vegas and you play poker, you know, pre-pandemic, Bellagio weekend, that was my place to be. And when someone showed up and they were from uh, Cowtown, whatever, Arkansas or whatever, Ohio, where I grew up, and they're kind of taking off, you know, they got the gold money clip. You can see they're trying to act like they know something they don't. That's who you want to play against, Fez. You know that. The guys who are acting like they know anything about this draft, I don't. I wonder what they, what I think they know about that they seem to know about that I don't know about. I'm thinking, man, maybe they don't know about that. That either. is a great analogy, <laughs> right? Because like they're telling me a lot of stuff. I'm listening, going, okay, that sounds right, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now they're telling me something I know they don't know. And, you know, last thing I'll say about the draft, and we'll say this a few times before the draft, you know how you could get the highest draft grade ever? Just pick whoever Mel Kuyper had as the best available each pick. Imagine what Mel Kuyper, John, what would the grade be if oh, every God. time it was like best available, uh, blah, 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 cornerback, Florida State, and the team took him. And next yeah. time they took him. It'd be like the best draft ever, right? That's why I think draft grades are the dumbest thing that we do on sports radio. I never understood it. I don't. It, it's basically just confirming or not confirming what your what your projections were before the draft. And if you don't confirm what they had, then you're going to fail on their on their test. I don't. I just. It's bizarre. 
And it pre, if you grade someone, it presupposes you know more about right. it than the person doing <laughs> right. it. Right. And somehow we think the guys at you know the networks know more than the GMs. And forget that the GMs are getting paid a lot more money. The fact they know their own team so well. I right. mean, that, that's the main point. So we're going to cover the draft. We're going to bet the draft. Faz, I don't think you're going to have 17 picks like last time, right? Probably not. <laughs> so last, last year you had 17 prop picks? I did. And this year the over-under is what? 11 and a half. 11 and a half. Well, you said like six and a half a while back. I know, but I've already made five. Ooh. Well, why don't you give us a double best bet <laughs> when we come back? All right, let's do this. This is what we're going to do, and then we'll talk about best bets. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. So remember, it was a year ago, no sports going on. Fez having his monthly every month, boom, boom, boom. He was looking frustrated. He was looking consternated. And I made a suggestion to him. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir. <laughs> and he said, no, thank you. I'm betting 17 props <laughs> in the draft. He went 15-2. and two. When we come back, we're going to have two best bets from Fez. One, a draft prop, an early one. And two, something in the NBA. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., he had 17 prop bets in last year's (laughs) NFL draft. So we are eagerly awaiting another two for this year's draft from one Steve Fezzik. Yeah, so we're going to have one today and an NBA pick. And then we'll have certainly one, if not two, next week. And here's the thing you got to know about Fez. The city he invented was Las Vegas. I mean, not really, but kind (laughs) of. All right, I'm not sure I agree with this one. Give us the draft prop first. All right, Alabama's wide receiver and Heisman Trophy winner Smith to go over 11 and a half so that he now won't explain, be picked. Explain what over is when it comes to the over-under draft. So he won't be picked in the first 11 picks. You win if he's picked 12th or later with this bet. All right, so it's either later or earlier is another way to say it. And you're saying later than pick number? 11 and a half. What's the rationale? The rationale is that he certainly has the reputation, Heisman Trophy winner, but the latest mock drafts have him falling that initially he was projected to be like the 10th or 11th pick, and now I'm starting to see him 12th, 13th. The sentiment is that Smith is not going to be picked in the top 10 and is falling out of the top 10, clearly. Now, shrewd listeners are going to say, wait a minute, the betting market is supposed to be super savvy, and you're telling me Mel Kuyper, I look at Mel Kuyper, and Steve Fezzik is following Mel Kuyper. (laughs) Response. At times, Mel Kuyper's implied bets are correct if you get that at them early. At, at times, they're correct, and at times, they're not. What does that even mean? If you get at bets like this before significant line moves... And, and what's been the line move? The line has only been one, one uh, point, so it's gone from 10.5 to 11. One slot. One, one slot. slot. Thank you. Okay, so here's what I would say. 
I kind of like this pick, and here's why. The quarterbacks, it wasn't that long ago we weren't sure how many quarterbacks were going to go in the top, in this case, let's say 11. Now it's almost certain. I mean, the odds of uh, the four quarterbacks not going, uh, I guess it's five quarterbacks, right? The five quarterbacks. So there's only going to be six other picks if the five quarterbacks go in the top 11. Jonas, you don't think there's any real chance – I mean, no one drops out of the top 11 of the big five, do they? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I think the first non-quarterback to go would be Pitts. And yeah. outside of that, I mean, it's going to be five QBs, and then you've just got to find You know you the got top. Pitts. You know you got Sewell. Pen- Sewell. You know, the, the tackle. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, so here's what I'm going to say. The thing that makes me like this is there's odds with – Smith versus the other key, the LSU receiver, right? Or I'm sorry, Waddle. Waddle. It's Waddle he's going against. And the odds right now are Waddle and Smith being uh, even. Correct. Who goes first? Here's what I would say if Waddle goes first, there's no chance that you don't win this bet. It is going to be later for sure. Absolutely. If Waddle doesn't go first and Smith does, I believe. That it's still probably sixty, you know, forty percent chance it goes later. Meaning, it's very possible Waddle doesn't have to go. I mean, the LSU receiver is going first. Yeah, he's probably going to go number six or seven around there. Well, remember, it's going to be team based. I mean, since yeah. he will take him, uh, you know, but yeah. So since he may take him, if not, you know, we could see. But um, by the way, we talked about this. Uh, the odds on that fourth pick. Pitts is, this is the Falcons now, FanDuel came out with these odds. Pitts is the favorite, the minus money favorite, minus 140. Justin Fields second, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. So it's really Pitts is the one position player, non-quarterback, they think will go Atlanta for. I kind of like this, and I also think this, and we'll go to Jonas real quick. The This is going to be a conservative draft. Because think about it, typically you got um, the pro days, are one piece of the puzzle, right? Because you got the combine. Well, this year you don't have the combine. But more importantly, the teams were forbade, forbidden by the NFL to go on campus with their scouts during the season. They were not allowed. So those campus visits are a big, big deal. And the fact they don't have, didn't have them this year. It really is going to, I think, cause the teams to be conservative, and thus taking a guy who's 165 pounds, maybe they're going to be a little risk adverse this year. Jonas, uh, real quick thoughts. Yeah, I think he's going to be the third wide receiver taken. I think uh, Chase and Waddle go above him, and then he's got just, a winner. So yeah, absolutely, because just it's a numbers game at that point. How many slots are left, and and Fez just has to beat a couple of more. All right, second best bet. We got just a minute. You got 30 seconds. Make your pick. Who's going to win the NBA East? I'm betting no. Brooklyn will not win the East. I'm taking the field. Every other team, it's pick them right now, RJ. If you would have asked me 36 hours ago, what should the line on this be? I'd say pick them. It's lined right. But with the harm, with the hamstring injury to Harden. So it's everything we talked about in the first segment, which is the uncertainty around the Nets' health is significant. The odds hasn't moved. Thus, there's value fading the Nets at this point. Exactly right. I'm, I don't think it's moved enough for that. But I think that if I had to pick it, I'd lead your way. But it's not a best bet for me. And repeat your draft best bet. Draft best bet. We are on wide receiver Smith to go over 11 and a half in the draft. All right, so over or later for Smith, 11 and a half. And then we've got from Fez, 
the Nets not to win the Eastern Conference right around even money. I tell you, the draft coming up, we might not have 17 picks, Jonas, but we got a lot of picks coming up in the next week or so. Absolutely. And if you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com where we discuss a big question mark atop the Eastern Conference in the NBA and a prop bet for the NFL draft. We are straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can listen to the show on the iHeart Radio app. Right out of Vegas! Vegas! 